Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. My name is Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv, and with me this time I've got Jason Barnard of the show The Strange Brew. How are you doing, Jason? Very good. Hi, Marv. Hi, everybody. Yeah, this is Jason of The Strange Brew. So, how did you uh, get introduced to podcast in the first place? Um, well, I mean, go, going back, I've always been into music and that kind of thing. And uh, I think the concept started to come on stream kind of uh, about 15 years ago. Um, but at that time, I didn't really have internet. <laughs> I was kind of, didn't really have kind of a, a place where I had internet or anything like that. So any, any degree. Um but I think by 2008, 2009, uh, got my, bought my first house and, and obviously got internet and all that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I think my, my, my now wife had, had, had talked about me um, saying, you should DJ and all this kind of thing. And I never liked that kind of DJ side because it's like I have to ask a venue and all that kind of thing. If there's a podcast, it's like, well, I'll just play what I like and I'll do what I like. And if someone likes it, then that... That, that's fine you know any, anything's a bonus so um i'd started listening to uh, andy morton of, of uh who'd done the toffee sunday smash podcast which played pretty obscure british psychedelic music which is wonderful wonderful stuff so I had the idea of doing a bit of that but actually kind of playing some more commercial stuff from the 60s at the same time and uh yeah so then was trying to work out how you do a podcast so this was about this was kind of in the 2008-9 period. Not quite as easy then as it is now where you can get packages and bundles. So it's all sort of self-hosted and widgets and, and things like that to get going. And then basically evolved over there. So it's about 10 or 11 years now. Yeah, it's been a very long-lasting series with some incredible guests over that time. Yeah, I think there's approximately 200 episodes and then on top of that i've done written pieces with some of the same guests and some others as well so there's there's a bit of a mix on the website and and the podcast um yeah a a gamut of of people uh quite notable musicians and and journalists from related to the 1950s 60s 70s and latterly i'm blending it up a bit with artists from the 80s god forbid so how would you describe the show and uh, how you came up with the creation of the show in the first place? Yeah, so the, I mean, obviously, as you know, it's uh, The Strange Brew and Strange Brew being a, a very good cream song. Um, albeit, I kind of, I liked that sort of Strange Brew kind of terminology because that indicated that it was kind of a bit of a mix and, uh, and I think that's that's how I've, I've kept it, but I've kind of branched out a bit more. So to go to the concept originally it was predominantly 60s british but it's branched out to be kind of a range of genres often in the uh, rock field but 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 broader than that but um a bit more of the sort of artist interviews now um predominantly as well uh, that kind of thing but a, a bit more of a mix increasingly um because I, I don't purely want to mind that late 60s period which is wonderful though so how do you actually choose the guest that you um that you get and then arrange for them to to talk to you for the shows 
Yeah, there's no there's no particular uh, plan that I've got. It is all a bit random. Um, uh, but I, I go through all uh, different avenues. Uh, sometimes I, I get approached, which is <laughs> fantastic, of course. And, and that may be through record companies, um, management, PR companies, or the, uh, I will get a mailing list and, and opportunities may arise, that kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, um, connections on Facebook, um, possibly Twitter, um, speculative emails, um, and, and actually musicians who are friends with other musicians. So quite a number of my shows have, have come through. Um, you know, I, I'm close to this artist. I'm going to tell him to, to you know, suggest that, that that they be on your show if you'd be willing to have them on. So um, a, a recent example of that is that I recently had Dave Cousins of Straubs on. So my next podcast, and I think we were discussing some of the stuff I've got over the next month, which is quite a lot. And I forgot to admit that I've got uh, John Forb, who used to be in Straubs and various other fine groups on. Um, so he's, he's probably next, hopefully in the next couple of days. So, and that's all through kind of connections. So a, a, a myriad of things. I think it's important to, a bit like with the Strange Brew concept, to mix it up a bit. So it's not purely about all the musicians who are going through the PR companies who, who understandably have got something to sell or promote. Sometimes for me, it could be just a bit random, which makes things a bit more interesting. Is it based on people who you admire yourself as musicians that you are fa- a fan of personally? Predominantly, predominantly. Um, occasionally, I, I may not be familiar with the artist. Um, I might dig in and actually get, gain an appreciation. I think at the very least, you've got to you've got to like the music and you've got to have a, a, a passion for it, because ultimately that that comes across in, in to your audience. Um, so there's got to be some connection there. Um, ide- ideally, you know, be a, be a huge fan, um, which in most of the cases I am. But with 200, there may be some that I'm not as familiar, but grow, grow an appreciation of. Okay, so have you ever had um, had a guest where, well, where you've arranged to have a guest, but at the last moment or whatever, just something's got in the way of being able to talk with them? Yeah, I think I'd, uh, Martin Fry of ABC, I think he got the flu. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, Andy Partridge, he never pulled out, but I think he did tentatively agree. <laughs> but that never happened, and I, I do love XDC. And I've That's had Colin, catch. yeah, and I've had Colin Moulding on, and he was wonderful. Um, I had uh, I, I, I bumped into Denny Lane in Las Vegas. Um, this was in the very early days of the, the podcast. I mean, probably too early, and uh, that never happened. Um, but I think that's probably a bit too early in the show. Um, so yeah, it, it does happen, and, and there's there's probably a parallel list of, you know, almost as many shows that either I've tried for, didn't get, had tentative agreements, didn't happen, and in rare occasions it's been fixed up, and for whatever reason, it, it the stars have not aligned, but that's fine because um, that's all part of setting things up and seeing if it happens. True, but I'm guessing that you keep 
trying every now and again to see if you can get those interviews sorted. Yeah, although I'm, I'm best not stalking Andy Partridge. <laughs> although I've got some of his contact details. Uh, I think after the, the the second email, I'll probably get the message that um, he's, pro- he's probably uh, wor- working, hopefully, on, on some new material, which is uh, probably better than speaking to me. Yes, yes. So how do you actually go about recording the shows and then uh, editing them together? So... I always go through my uh, PC, uh, so Windows PC, um, and um, and that, then that all depends on what the mechanism of talking to the artist is. So uh, traditionally, I most commonly use Skype, and, and, and Skype is good for calling uh, phone, you know, phone uh, numbers, uh, you know, landlines, mobiles, etc. And historically, that has been the most common way of, of reaching artists, uh, although that's had sort of mixed success in, in terms of the quality of the audio, although it can it can be very good. And then if that, there's a, there's a, a bit of software that you can get online uh, for Windows that sort of automatically records calls. And then I also have like a backup feed, which is the Audacity that just records the whatever's coming in at the other end. Um, I've I've latterly started to use Zoom a little bit, but that's not not everyone uses that, um, and that's as as you know has got a, a very very good piece of inbuilt recording which is perfect. Um, so whatever I do, um, I'll try and use something to record both sides, but then I use the Audacity software as a sort of backup because I have on rare occasions the the software has failed and uh, lost lost the interview. That that happened with Eric Stewart of 10CC, <laughs> where, where my uh, piece of software recording both ends uh, failed, but I had a backup, thankfully, um, which was very relieving. That's good, because uh, I enjoyed that episode as well, and I enjoyed the one you did with Graham as well, Graham Goldman. Yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure to, to speak to them. I mean, 10CC is a, a, a band uh, up there, amongst any group really uh, brilliant songwriters very uh, you know groundbreaking in the studio so when you do song select the songs for the for the shows uh, such as with Graham or with Eric or with anybody how do you select those songs and is it a two-way thing is it you and the artist themselves that choose those songs or is it from yourself it will vary. If I have a lot of direct contact to the artist, I, I will um, I'll give them the option of typically reviewing a list of tracks uh, for, for their input. Um, very, very rarely the, the artist will actually propose what they want to cover. I think Eddie Grant was quite like that. Um, and then if it's, uh, it's more... Occasionally, if it's... Um, someone like say Tony Banks of Genesis where you're just very grateful that they've got 20 minutes in their calendar to speak to you. I I won't, I won't spend time kind of um, covering tracks in detail, but I will tailor the content. So it naturally refers to a track. Um, And and so that it's easy to drop something in and and also let, let the conversation flow that way. So 
all of the above, really. Yeah, somebody like Tony who's really, really busy, you've got to just, I'm guessing, just get, get, get it over with and get as much information in that 20 minutes as you can and then fit it around that, like you said. Yeah, very much so. In terms of why I choose the tracks, completely understandably, I'll always think about, well, especially if it's come from a PR company, well, what is it that, what is the project that they are promoting at the, at the minute? Um, and so I will typically start and probably end the show talking about some of that material. And then in the middle, it's not purely the um, most prominent songs or greatest hits that I will always choose. Sometimes it will be thinking, well, how does this tell the artist's story? What interesting things would I want to know? Or what would the, what sort of response would, interesting response would, would they give to that? So, so it isn't just like... Um, we just move from greatest hit to greatest hit type thing because that doesn't necessarily produce the most interesting interview. No. Uh, so that, that's true, I'm, I'm guessing, because if you pick a song that's, say, well, we'll call it we'll call it what a lot of people call it, a deep cut song that that is little, not, not one of the hits, you might get a more interesting answer because on the first part of that, it's not a song that people will normally talk to the person about, so they'll be surprised by that in the first place. And it might be a song that then they'll go into more detail or be more happy to, well, happier to um, to talk about because of the fact that it's rare that they ever get asked about these songs. Yeah, I recall um, about as modern as I get was uh, KT Tunstall. Okay. And... Um, I think at the start you could probably probably tell that she was probably thinking, Who, "Who's this? Who, who's this random guy talking to me?" Um, but actually, as as the podcast progressed, she was aware that I'd was actually a fan of her work or a certain period of her work. I think about a decade ago, she made a couple of quite um, moody and introspective albums, which are my favourite, rather than the sort of com- very sort of poppy commercial stuff. And then that kind of immediately switch things and and cr- creates a completely different interview rather than just sort of a PR type conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, um, so do you when you do your show? Do you do it? Do you have a structure to it, or do you let the conversation just flow and come up with the questions and? Uh, the structure just eventually you shape the show around that general conversation there's always a structure um, there's always probably a song that I will try and sandwich in somewhere but I don't straight jacket the interview and I typically don't prepare questions so I'll have a prompt for that period in the artist's career I might have a song that I might just naturally sort of name drop um, but um, yeah, it's it's not absolutely fixed, and there's always flex. Um, and then depending on on who the artist is, we, we, it might just go totally off piste, and then I'll have to work out how we pull together a podcast. M- Mike McCartney, uh, Paul's brother, yeah. 
um, you know, the scaffold, et cetera, who's kind of a natural sort of comedian, was kind of regaling me with random stories for about an hour and a half. <laughs> and then you're thinking, um, so how, how do I get back to that point? Or uh, Don Don McLean, um, no, no matter what uh, name drop of a song I kind of mentioned, it, it sort of naturally then kind of <laughs> started going back into American politics. <laughs> um, but it's all interesting. It's, it's all interesting. And I, I wouldn't want the it purely to be kind of very always that regimented anyway sometimes you've just got to let it flow and, and work out how you're going to create a podcast with music in and I think that everything all options are sort of open on the table so do, do, do you not have any notes at the side of you when you have these conversations oh yeah like, oh you do oh absolutely yeah um, my memory's not that good that I will know off the top of my head. I mean, I think that's what takes the pressure off. You know, it it, it means that you, you're unlikely to get, go blank no matter who the artist is because you can always move on to the next thing. But um, I typically don't prepare the questions, but I'll, I'll have a structure or prompts of thing, you know, topics or areas that are songs to mention. Okay. I'm going to go back to something you mentioned earlier on about people, just because just I'm intrigued, because I heard recently uh, the interview with um, uh, Rod Argent, was it? All oh, right, uh, yeah. Yep. And uh, so did did his interview lead then to, oh, who was the other person from the well, I've had, I think I've had, after? I had, I've had Rod, Colin and Chris on. Um, over over a period of years, and they they weren't connecting. I don't recall. I think they were just through. I've got pretty strong connections and ties now with PR companies of the zombies or friends of the zombies, that kind of thing. So um, I don't think that they were. I don't think Rod told Colin, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, uh, when you are getting ready to interview these people or talk to these people I, I don't like using the word interview uh, mm. when you're getting ready to talk to these people what research do you do and what resources do you use for that research if it's from a PR company I'll always look at whatever the information that comes out from them as a starting point and that, that will form the sort of the opening section of the show Look at their website, look at Twitter, look at what they're doing on Facebook, look at interviews and stuff they've done recently or in the past, look at um, any sensitive areas that probably is just not worth covering uh, and things that gets them passionate about or interesting points. I'll often buy the, if they've got a, a book, an autobiography, I will buy that. Um, I will obviously dig very, very extensively into their back catalogue in great and painstaking detail. I'll often try and listen to almost all their material and, and things that they've been involved with. So I will kind of absorb myself for a week in, into, their, into their material, if I can, and uh, interviews and everything that I can get hold of. 
it's a lot easier these days than it would have been, say, 20 years ago to do that. And it also means that you're more likely to be accurate in relation to that content, especially if you're drawing on things that the artists have said themselves in the past. Okay. Um, how do you avoid getting starstruck or do you have any of that when you're meeting people who are particularly favourite uh, artists that you that you love? Um, I think that comes with the preparation. So I think if you're prepared, I'm more worried that the IT will fail than the, the actual chat itself. Okay. Um, I very rarely do them in person. I think if you're doing it in person, I'd certainly in the early time, I'd have probably been quite nervous. I'm probably less nervous now just because if you do something a lot, even if it's typically remotely, you'll naturally be more comfortable with things. Yeah. So um, a lot of practice, really. But if you're prepared, there's nothing to be worried about, really. Um, of the shows that you've done are there any shows that have really stood out to you um, I, I'd probably miss uh, there's, there's so so many um, uh, the, the, the pr backstage with the pretty things uh, about seven years ago was um, a real joy and obviously Phil May sadly no longer with us um, Alan Clark when he was promoting his solo material about six years ago was amazing. I think at the time he only did Radio 2 and me. Um, he's done uh, quite a lot more interviews in, in the past sort of six months now, but at the time it was, I think it was Steve Wright and me for quite a, a long time. Uh, Jeff Emmerich, uh, Beatles engineer. I mean, that was late. just yeah. the late, late great. Yeah, that was just an honour and to ask about Strawberry Fields and <laughs> just, you know, doesn't really get much better than that. Um, uh, Jim, Lee, Jim Lee of Slade who basically went through basically every single Slade hit for 20 years that was, um, that was quite a long yeah that was quite a bit that, yeah, so that was great because it wasn't just the sort of 20 minute and the 20 minute ones can, can be great but to have something so extensive is, is brilliant too and then there's been um, kind of a bit more obscure things uh, so there was um, an art, a songwriter called Paul Coat. Paul Corder, who wrote songs uh, for people like Roger Daltrey and was uh, had an association with the immediate label. And um, he was actually close to, he was in very, very poor health. And in fact, I, I actually, when I was first talking to him or interviewing him or whatever you want to call, it wasn't even for a podcast. It was just for kind of a standard interview. But it was so interesting and sharing his memories and insights that it just naturally became a podcast. I mean, it's even more moving that, you know, he is, he's no longer here today, probably his final interview. So that was quite, quite incredible and, and, and moving in a way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the sort of sad thing really is that there's, a, you know, quite a number of artists that I've interviewed that mentioned a few of them that um, are no longer with us and, if it helps to share the music and their story and, and kind of keeps that on record, that's a, that's that's an honour on my side. And um, those shows in particular will always stand out. 
Yeah. And I always get the impression that when you're talking to them, because of, like, like we've already mentioned, the songs that you'll choose to talk about and the, and then going really far back into the history, um, I, th- I think that it, I, get a, I get a feeling that they're happy when they're speaking to you as well because they love telling you these stories about these songs and these anecdotes that they've got. Absolutely. I, I, I may say this on the show, but I I don't see each episode as my episode. I see it no. as their episode. I am purely a vehicle or an enabler to get their stories or information across and, and, and the music. I'm just a, a, a link, an, ena- an enabler. Um, and... That's all. I'm just that vehicle. So it's it's all about the artist for me. I've got no interest in, um, um, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not about me at all. It's all about the artist, and I think that comes across when I speak to them and and, and anything in advance of setting up the show. I think that, and I also think that some of the most interesting episodes that I've heard are of people like you've mentioned him before, but but I know he said that you'd not talk to him. But people like you know Denny Lane, where if you mm. talk to him, he's one of those people who he's got that career where he's always been been there. And there's like these little anecdotes where you, you know that he's he's worked with McCartney and Wings. He's been with the Moody Blues, and then he's worked with Ginger Baker, Clapton, and he's always been there with these people. But they're these people that sort of almost like time forget about. But for unfortunately, and but you just know that they've got this story, and then when they come out with those stories on your show, these people, it's like it's almost like uh, gold dust in a way. Yeah, there's been quite a few people like that. I've had Bob Henry, the drummer for Argent and the Kinks, and with his insight, people like Howie Casey, who was uh, goes all the way back to the Hamburg years. But also uh, playing playing with wings, um, and, and and people like Mike Watson, who originally from Sheffield, but became Abba's second bassist. Yeah. And so I will. It's a bit like Don McLean in a, in a way that I will just ran that a, a thought will randomly come in my head, or I will see something, and I'll just think that could make a really interesting podcast. I'll just have a go at sending out an email kind of thing or how, how do I contact that person so and that's where I talk about it's not just about who's on the PR roster at the time which again is fine but actually I like to throw in these ran, random random episodes where where I know that that particular person's got a, such an interesting range of, of stories and insight into in, other incredible musicians anyway um what other podcasts do you actually listen to yourself? Um, nothing is real. The Beatles podcast is very good. Um, yeah. I mean, they they put me to shame in in relation to the research as well as like Glass Onion as well, the John Lennon one. I think for me, although I do love the Beatles, uh, it's not really. It's a bit of an obvious thing. I, I, you and me both, as you know. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I could do the same sort of thing. You know, I could keep mining that same well. I do like to keep things quite sort of varied. Um, 
Uh, there's a very, very excellent podcast at the minute uh, on Main Man. That was the uh, known as um, David Bowie's management company in the early 70s. That is very, very good. I'm not sure it's well publicised, but I would strongly recommend uh, that. I think there's been about nine episodes of that. Uh, Consequences, the 10cc podcast. And it is similar to Nothing Is Real. Those those guys will, will go into the the depths of 10cc, and it's always very interesting. And they've just they've done quite a few podcasts very recently with Graham Goldman, but, but very very much kind of going into the the detail of particular songs or periods, which has been very interesting. And then I'll occasionally dip into Rolling Stone music now. Um, although I won't listen to every show because. I think they they cover completely understandably quite a wide range of artists, but they they will get in some uh, quite interesting acts and, and you know very very big 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 acts, and that that's always quite interesting. Okay. The, the the Bowie one. Do, do people just look that one up and they'll? Is it called Main Man? Yeah. David Bowie. I, I recommend that very, very highly. It's it's one of the best podcasts I've heard in in a long time. It, it's a bit it's a bit like a, a radio documentary format um, with archive uh, audio, archive material, um, and and uh, interviews with all the people around at the time, going from kind of the Warhol era and into the, the height of, of David Bowie. And, and Dana Gillespie, who's wonderful, um, who's a, a peer of David's and, and an artist in her own right. I mean, she was great on it. What advice would you give to somebody starting out in podcasting? It's a cliche, but you've, you've got to love it. You've, you've, got to, you've, got to love, you've got to love what you do. Don't do it for money. <laughs> She's probably not going to make any. You're not going to get any of that. Not really. You're lucky to cover your costs, and that's absolutely fine. And I'm more than happy with that. Um, so just find an angle, find something that you're passionate about. And because of the wonderful thing is that the internet and podcasting and all the providers that can get your podcast out there, there's you know billions of people. So out of those billions you're likely to find an audience. It may be small, but that's good enough. And that is a joy. And for me, talking to musicians who made the music that has helped shape my life, it's not really much better than that. So you've got to love what you do. And I, I love doing the podcast. I don't blame you for loving it either. Thank you for talking to me, Jason. Thank you, Marv. It's been uh, great to talk to you and uh, all the best uh, with uh, your podcast. Thank you very much. I'll uh, speak to you again soon, my friend. Yeah, was that okay? I think that was fine. Yep. That all right. Yep. Thank you for coming and thank you to everybody for listening in to Pods Like Us and hopefully I'll catch you again soon. Bye. Thanks, everyone.
was. I've got a few prompts because my memories can be a bit sketchy. Uh, I've just... Oh, my last one was the the Beatles cover versions one with David Wells. Um, But but I've got... um, I've, I've got three... Three, three, two, three lined up over the next week, so it's quite busy. Um, I've got David Gedge of the wedding present on Friday. Um, I've got Rats Gabies of the Damned or X the Damned on Tuesday. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, who, who else? Who else has come in? Someone come in today. It's yeah. Let's have a look. Oh, uh, Martin Barr, formerly of Jeff Ruttall. Oh yes. yes. So um, I think that's that's a, that's in the early stages of of being sort of arranged, but could move quite quickly. I also need to think how I'm going to fit all of them in because I've got a Jacko Jaxic uh, two two double podcast in the can that I need to edit and, and release as well. So uh, quite a busy time over the next month. Martin and Jacko, you've got two uh, prog uh, secret weapons there with them two. Yeah, a bit of a, a, a mix, a bit of prog, a bit of punk, and a bit of indie. Yeah, yeah, same with that as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, let, let's get this started then, I suppose. If you're okay. Yeah. 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 